Welcome to the Dairy Dive. My name is Scott Harris. Today we're going to get fit. Well, not physically fit, but we're going to get farm fit as we talk about farm fit planning. Buckle up because we're diving deep. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you so you learn just a little bit, a little bit. My whole life's been dairy farming. Some days you wonder why you ever milk cows. It's kind of just in the blood around here. I don't know what it is, but we like livestock. Buckle up. The Dairy Dive starts now. So today I got the opportunity to uh, do a podcast with a gentleman named Jason Ladman. Uh, Jason works for Rob Seco. Uh, wears a lot of different hats, as he'll describe uh, in the podcast. But one of the biggest things that he's a part of is something called farm fit planning. And uh, I, to be honest, it was something that I didn't. I mean, I knew there was some value there, but I didn't realize how uh, I believe beneficial it could be, uh, particularly for listeners of this podcast. I think that that dairy individuals could really benefit. Uh, from participating in in farm fit planning and we're going to talk about some of the benefits behind it um, what uh, is the challenges which really isn't a lot um, especially the cost that you'll hear which is uh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you you're just going to have to listen so uh, tune in it's a uh, really good job with Jason and I hope you guys enjoy and if you have any questions reach out but here's a little bit about farm fit planning okay I'll so with that, we're going to bring in our guest, a uh, gentleman that I've got to know for a past three, almost three years now, a couple of years, two and a half yeah, years or so, a gentleman named Jason Ladman. Jason, welcome to the Dairy Dive. All right. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, we are so, excited to have you on. Jason, I know, has, uh, has some experience with podcasts, but he's never got to be a guest on Dairy Dive. Yeah, it's like a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um Good to be, it's good to be a part of it. Uh, I, uh, I told my daughter today, I said, you know what? I get to be on a podcast. And she's like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. I hope you can get like a million views and you can go viral. And I'm like, I don't think your dad has that kind of clout yet, but we'll see. Maybe we'll get there. You never know. We, You can tell her we are up in the, uh, you know, hundreds of views. So, you know, that's a, you got to start somewhere, right? That's right. She said. She goes, well, what's going to be about, or what's the name of the podcast? I said, it's called The Dairy Dive. And she goes, so you're going to talk about milk? I'm like, well, not necessarily. She goes, what are you going to talk about? That you put milk on your cereal and that you like that? I'm like, oh, hey, whatever fits the bill. <laughs> that's <laughs> we'll funny. figure it out. Oh, that's hilarious. Gotta, gotta love daughters. They have a way of keeping us humble. So, uh, yep, it's they wonderful. do, for sure. But, uh, uh, well, what are we going to talk about? What we're going to talk about is something called farm fit planning. And we've been wanting to have Jason on for a while to talk through this and kind of explain it a little bit. It's something that I'm very uh, new to uh, from our side. It's not something we had in previous Master's Choice world and not something I've got to engage in with a lot yet. So I'm actually excited myself to learn a lot more about it. But uh, before we do that, Jason, why don't you tell us, uh, tell the people listening who you are, kind of what you do, where you're located, and just something about you. Yeah, you bet, Scott. So I like to refer to myself as a 50-year-old farm kid. Um, I grew up about 60 miles west of the capital city of Lincoln, Nebraska. So that's where I grew up. Um, I have fond memories of sitting on the fender of the 4020 tractor and, uh, I took a lot of naps in my dad's 1980 John Deere 4430. Um, there's something soothing about 
taking naps in a tractor. Scott, I don't know if you've ever had that opportunity, but as a kid, it mm-hmm. sure seemed like that was some of the greatest things. Uh, I also attribute it to probably a little bit of my brain loss because, uh, you know, as you fall asleep and you bang your head on the window constantly, uh, I think that was probably why I wasn't uh, probably so good in school. But uh, I found my way into agriculture because I grew up on the farm and uh, I've enjoyed uh, every minute of every minute of it. I didn't have the opportunity to go home and farm. Um, just our operation was too small and uh, it just wasn't in the cards. But uh, I ended up going to school at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, studied ag business. And then um, I've been in the working world just shy of 30 years now. I've uh, been in the seed business a couple different times. Um, but currently I work for uh, Rob Seco. Uh, I serve two roles, uh, really. Uh, I'm the interim uh, DSM for Southeast Nebraska. Uh, I have a lot of business in Southeast Nebraska. And so that was an area that needed to be filled for the time being. And so I serve in that capacity. So I still do a bunch of direct selling with current customers uh, and prospective customers. And then along that, uh, another uh, avenue that I'm pursuing within Rob Seco is the key account manager role. Uh, it's a little bit of a newer role to Rob Seco. Um, those of you listening might be familiar with key account managers and what they do, but every company has a little bit different play on it. I guess our role, or at least our thought process on it right now is to uh, be a support system to what I would classify as maybe more specialized clients, um, people that are probably dealing with uh, multiple entities, uh, people that are still in the ag world, of course, but it's a little bit deeper than just selling seed and making farm fit. Uh, recommendations. So that's currently what I'm doing right now. Um, and uh, I've enjoyed being here with Rob Seco uh, and getting to know the folks here and, and being a part of this organization. Excellent. Yeah, I, I remember uh, meeting you very early on and talking to you early on and I've always been very um, impressed uh, with your knowledge base. And, and, and I know that feeling of wearing multiple hats. I I, ha- I yeah. have a similar experience. And so um, it's, uh, you know, some days that, you know, I mo- actually I'll say most days I really enjoy it because I get to do something kind of different every day. Yep. Um, but it, it can be a challenge for sure. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's so a challenge. What exactly? Sorry, Scott. I didn't, Go ahead. Uh, sorry about the delay. I was just going to say, just to reiterate, I think the challenge becomes, um, holding multiple roles is making sure that you're staying focused, you know, on the things that bring the company the most value. Absolutely. And I, you know what, actually, Jason, I think that's a great transition um, because I think that one of the things um, that I guess I, I believe well, from the little bit I know of farm fit planning, I think that it in theory is going to help people a lot with the organization because farmers, you know, they wear a lot of hats too and a lot of different things that they have to do. And so any kind of organization and, and planning we can bring to the table is going to be helpful. But before we get too far down that road, why don't you Give us kind of an introduction. What is farm fit planning? How do, how do you, someone says, just a farmer on the street asks you, what? how are you describing it? What would you say it is? Yeah, that's a, sometimes it's a hard question to really pin down. So I would tell people from a, a 30,000 foot view, it would be more of a, a planning session, if you will, uh, for a farmer to really share about his operation and allow somebody who's making recommendations on seed as an example to compile that information. That's kind of the 30,000 foot view. 
Uh, I would say if you get a little bit more granular on it, Scott, it's uh, it's really a collective effort between a company like Rob Seco and our seed specialists, as well as the farmer. Uh, and when I say it's a collective effort, we've, we know that farmers know their farm operation, right? I mean, they always have. Um, they understand the intricacies of how they do their business. They understand the dollars that they have to spend. Uh, they understand the farm ground and the nuances. They know that the back 80 might not um, produce as much as the, uh, the West 40 as an example. And so that's just all knowledge that is, is in the farmer's head. And the hard time sometimes for a seed a seller or anybody that works in the ag business is we, we don't have a USB. We can't put it in the farmer's head and extract that data and then go back to our station and say, all right, you know, this is what we know. And we're going to go ahead and punch out a, a recommendation. So on the real granular scale, it's a collective effort, I believe, of gathering all the information that we can from a farmer because he knows it. And then taking the collective knowledge that we have as a company or as a seed specialist and marrying those two together, right? And so I can imagine that there's a lot of people that would listen to the podcast that would say, well, I kind of do some of that similar planning with, with my seed guy. And uh, I would say that's probably true. Uh, I, I think where it really probably accelerates from our perspective as a farm fit plan is that you actually end up with a, a plan. Um, and there's a few things that we can get into, Scott, about what farmers have told me. But at the end of the day, it's really designed to make sure that we're going to get the, the maximum amount of opportunity out of every farm acre that we have. And I use the word opportunity as opposed to revenue because there's a lot of things you can do monetary-wise um, to enhance or decrease your position from a revenue, but trying to enhance the opportunity of what that acre can give us, that's what farm fit planning is about. Great. Yeah. So let's get into that side of it. Cause I do think that, um, there's probably a lot of benefits that I don't think most people are going to consider or think about. And I, and you know, you've been doing this for a little while now. And, and so I'm sure you have some stories or like you said, some things that farmers have told you. Um, so if someone is can, thinking about doing this, what are some benefits they can expect to see from engaging in this farm fit planning process? Yeah, that's a really good question, Scott. I, I tell people there's, a, there's probably three things that people should know when they go into this process. Um, this isn't one of them, but it does, this process doesn't necessarily fit everybody. I'll just be frank about that. It does require a little bit of time. That's number one. So I, I do want people to know that we take it serious if we're going to do a farm fit plan because um, we want to show the value that it can bring. So it's going to require time, a little bit of time. I'm not talking about weeks or days, but you know, it, it might take 30 to 40 minutes on a phone call, uh, just really understanding what the farm operation is about. Uh, it requires uh, building relationships. Uh, so your seed guy, as an example, if you're building, you have a relationship with them. Um, this really deepens that relationship. I've seen it. I have experienced it personally. And I think along that, when that relationship gets built, uh, that tr that's where the trust comes in. Uh, and so you really have those three things. If you really want to engage in a really successful farm fit plan, it requires time. It requires the ability to establish a relationship with somebody. And then, and then over time, that third one is that trust. What I've noticed, uh, Scott, along those lines is having performed this with multiple clients. Number one, obviously, our relationship has grown um, beyond seed 
uh, we've gotten into other areas like Streamline Ag now, which is uh, is a business unit within Rob Seco. And, and when somebody like me who's been working with a customer for a long time and I really get to understand their farm operation, it gives me the opportunity then to implement ideas, uh, how to use Streamline Ag, how to use biologicals, um, where they fit, why they fit, how they pair up with certain hybrids. And that really just goes into that trust factor, Scott. Um, I've just... I've got customers now, at least personally, that have been doing the farm fit plan for a number of years now. And right now they just, we get to this time of year and they're like, Jason, hey, you know our operation. We want to just build us a plan and then we'll review it. And obviously there's going to be changes. But when you get to know a farm operation like that to that intimacy um, and you really understand each individual uh, farm piece of farm ground per se, or per se uh, it's really easy to make those types of recommendations. So I could tell stories all day about things that I've experienced, but that's that's really the intimacy and the depth of how a farm fit plan gets going. And I don't want the listeners to think, oh my gosh, this sounds really hard. It's really not. Um, I think it just requires somebody taking the time and the effort to go through it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think probably it seems like to me, from a listener standpoint, because I would agree that it might sound a little bit intimidating or a little overwhelming, but my argument would be you're probably doing this anyway a little, but you're not actually structuring it and actually bringing it to a form, a finished form. Um, you're doing it on the napkin, sitting on the farm desk yep. and the back of a piece of paper or an invoice um, and not actually finishing a product and have an actual plan that's getting delivered to you. So my argument would be you're probably going to do it anyway, but this is going to be in a better form uh, than what you're than what you're used to, right? So that would be that yeah. would be one pushback. You know, I think from and I know you don't work in a dairy area per se necessarily a ton, Jason. I work with dairies that I know of a ton, but from a dairy view, I will tell you that the dairymen really should listen to this because if it's probably, I mean, I don't want to say it's more, I can't say it's more important than grain or, or even less or whatever, but I can just tell you that selecting the right hybrid in the right spot, if I, okay, if I, let me put it like this. If I, maybe I don't make the best choice on hybrid on the grain side, I might cost myself some bushels, which is money. Don't mean to downplay that, but that's what I'll cost myself. If I don't select the right hybrid and put it in the best spot from a feed standpoint, I not only have maybe less feed, I have poorer quality feed possibly, yeah. which is going to affect me for a very long time. And so this idea of planning and, and looking through it is probably even bigger when it comes to dairy or beef. Yeah, that's a good point, and I, I can see your point, and I think it goes back to what I said earlier about uh, maximizing opportunity, right? Um, and the reason I say that is because one of the things that I have found, Scott, within this whole farm fit planning realm is, we like you said, we might do it on a napkin, right, or we do it on a piece of paper, or we have conversations with our seed people, and we get kind of these plans put together. Uh, but then the rubber has to meet the road, right? Uh, and oftentimes I find that we can do stuff on the back of a napkin or we can have a plan or we can have somebody deliver us our seed as an example. But when we really get into the rush of the season, do we remember where it's supposed to go, right? I can tell you firsthand that many, many people have told me the reason this farm plan is so effective for me, and this is them speaking, is that I don't, if I do my planning in January, 
as an example, I'm not ever going to remember where I'm supposed to plant that come April or May. And if we're trying to maximize opportunity, we really need to make sure that we're getting our seed put on the right piece of ground, right? And so that is really where this comes to play. And I've had farmers tell me that when they got into spring, it was so much easier to plant and they felt like they could just go plant and they could worry about that aspect and not worry about, am I putting this in the right spot? And so it might accelerate what you just said uh, when it comes to a dairyman or a cattle uh, operation um, because they have to have high quality feed, right? And we can't just willy nilly, if it, if you will, if I can use that terminology, uh, we have to be a little bit more specific in today's day and age where margins are tight and, uh, and, and margins are always going to be tight. I mean, if you're going to be competitive in the, in the global scale, it's going to be lowest cost producer, right? I mean, you have to be able to uh, produce the most bushels at the least amount of cost. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. And so I believe that from a farm fit planning perspective, that's, that helps, right? Um, I think the other thing too is it completes a feedback loop. Uh, so oftentimes at the end of the year, it gives an evaluation. So if you know where you're planting a certain hybrid, it's easy for me to go back to a customer and say, hey, you know, on the Scott Harris 80, that was a real piece of crap ground, right? Um, I wanted to know if, how that, how that, uh, how that corn did, right? And uh, did we place it right? What feedback can you give me? What can you tell me? And so it, that helps us then, how should I say it, uh, evaluate and then put some kind of closure on, did we make a good recommendation? Now people listening are going to say, well, Jason, yeah, but you can't control the weather. You're right, I can't. But I can help increase my odds if I'm, if I'm listening to what the farm, farmer's telling me about that piece of property. And if I can get the stuff placed, the hybrids placed the right way, um, then it gives me the opportunity to circle back around, if you will, at the end of the year and say, tell me how it did. How could we have done better? What should we have done differently? And so I think that's the other side of it. That oftentimes doesn't get done in the seed world. And I can say that um, specifically because I've been in, worked for different seed companies in the past. And that feedback loop uh, sometimes doesn't get closed very well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, I think it's an intimidation factor for a lot of people. And, uh, I think oh, yeah. what you just talked to, it should kind of ease them a little bit, but what is the, what is the number, some of the main reasons you hear for why people wouldn't participate in, in something like farm fit planning? Why they wouldn't? Yeah. Um, is there, what's the main excuses or reasons? Uh, so here's what I can tell you, Scott. Here's what I've heard. Um, size is one of them. And I think that there is a component to that. And I think every region of the country, size is going to have a different scale, right? In terms of, I don't want to use acres on the podcast because I don't want to exclude somebody because I, I say a, an acre number. But there are parts of the world where guys just want to plant four hybrids and they farm lots and lots of acres and it's just easier for them to just say we're going to plant all of our 105 day hybrids first and then we're going to go to 110s and move on i think if that's the kind of operation that you run um good for you uh that's farm fit planning is probably not for you if that's how if you want to stay in that world right i think it's also guys that uh feel like they're already getting some of that planning um from somebody else uh, i would tell you that 
99% of the people that when I do a farm fit plan for them, uh, at least of my customers, they will tell me, and they have told me, nobody's ever produced one like this, right? Because we, we go into some pretty depth granular things um, to really try to isolate issues on the farm and try to increase maybe lower producing fields, as an example. And I would say that that uh, guys that feel like they're getting some of that already probably don't have an appetite for a farm fit plan. And then lastly, I think guys that just feel like they have everything figured out um, and maybe are not perpetual learners uh, probably don't have a fit for this um, just because, and, and it's okay. Everybody's, everybody's going to run their operation differently. So I would say that uh, that would probably be the reasons why uh, through my experience, people haven't or haven't taken up the idea or haven't, uh, you know, tried to dive into farm fit planning of, of this caliber. So when you think about it, too, from the standpoint of I, I think the other big part, probably why I mean, from just looking at it from my limited experience with the program for a couple of years now is a lot of it comes down to people still aren't even aware of of how what farm fit is or how they benefit from it so there's you know some of it falls on us as individuals and seedsmen to educate uh people on the benefits of this and so that's kind of one of the goals here that we're trying to accomplish today but um i you know kind of another area that i kind of have a question about or thought about is so if i'm a farmer uh this kind of trips my trigger i think this is what's missing from my operation what are some general things that i'm going to need to have um, available um, to begin this process with my seedsman who's who's working with farm pit planting. Yeah, good question, Scott. I would say because I've been asked that before, it depends on the depth and how you want to go into this, right? My experience has been guys that are interested in farm pit planting probably don't give us all their acres right away to do a plan on. And that's okay. I think that goes back to the relationship and trust side of this that we discussed earlier. Um, guys oftentimes will give us or give me maybe two parcels of ground and they will say, I'm struggling with these two. I, I haven't figured out yet um, the right kind of seed or my other seed company. We've been struggling with this. And so I'm going to give you a shot as an example. So to answer your question, um, legal descriptions uh, typically are the, the starting point. It's to say, hey, I've got these two, these two pieces of, of farm land that I'm just not getting the return that I had hoped I would be getting on by now. Uh, so that's step number one. Step number two really is just a simple conversation with somebody to say, tell me what your objectives are, right? Uh, what's the end use for the corn or the soybeans or what have you, right? Is it, is it for silage? Uh, could it be wet corn? Could it be grain corn? Um, what's it ultimately, what's its purpose? Um, and then let's say, as an example, if it's grain, do we take it to town? And uh, do we store, how long are we going to store it? Uh, and so it's it's kind of that granular level uh, to understand the end use of the product. So a farmer has to think a little bit, you know, put some effort into telling, telling us or telling me how, what they're going to do with it, right? Uh, and then we get into things like discussion of around uh, management of fertility, what's the ground like, um, tell me where the challenges are, tell me what you've tried. And then going and taking that kind of fundamental or foundational uh, information, then we can work from that. Uh, so it's not hard. 
it's just really telling me what the hindrances are and what you're trying to get done. And I'll, I'll add this too, Scott. I, I think most people that start farm fit planning with me are typically not giving me their best acres or giving us their best acres. And that's okay. Um, farm fit planning, at, at least what my experience has been is acres that are really good, they're always going to be good, right? They're going to be the top yielders, top tonnage. Um, it's the, it's the more moderate acres are the ones that we struggle with that we can probably see more gain from with putting what, not putting the dollar amount of inputs into it that you might from a, from an operation or for, from an acre that's already having high yield, right? Cause if you want to get that to that next level, then that's a whole different type of management style. So what I'm saying is you have acres that are, are really top level and we have other acres that maybe aren't, we're trying to get these acres up, right? And I think that's really where customers will say the farm fit planning really helps is, is bring these acres up uh, into uh, maybe a more reasonable or uh, revenue-centric um, level. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. that. No, that makes a lot of sense. I had not thought about it like that at all. That. uh Makes a ton, and it goes. So really, at that point, it's kind of almost you're thinking as much about efficiency as yes. as it is uh, yield per se. It's not necessarily you know saying yield increase often sometimes because there's certain fields that are just flat out limited, you know. And 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 you Absolutely. know, like my area that I live in, you know, a big part of the of the counties in my area. I don't care what you do. You could put on 300 units of nitrogen and, and pour everything you can imagine into it, and you ain't going to get more than 160 bushels to the acre, period. Right. Uh, so. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right, Scott, and that's that's the point of the farm fit plan is simply to say not all acres are equal, right? And even though a farmer has those all under his umbrella and he tries to keep them, treat them equally, those acres aren't equal. So we have to do little things and tweak them and a lot of times on our end, it's really about hybrid selection, right? So it's really trying to understand if I have four hybrids that fit the criteria, what am I going to use? What's my criteria to use to try to place it on that acre? Now, this might be a dig on other seed companies, and it's not meant to be, but we got to get away from the idea that we got to place hybrids by test plot winners because test plot winners don't necessarily fit an acre, right? Test plot winners are designed to see where top ends are, right? There's stuff inside, there's lots of information you can glean from a test plot that from the mid-pack hybrids, right? It doesn't have to be the top end hybrids, but that's always where we go, right? I mean, that's where our minds are wired that way. Our minds are wired to see which are the best ones, right? And those are the ones we want. And those are the easy ones to sell. And although that is true, uh, I also believe all seed companies have good seed, right? Uh, but we have to get to that place of how are we taking these acres and matching that with the seed to get the most productivity on an acre. Hundred percent agree, and uh, I think that the you're you're hitting the nail on the head uh, with what, the way the pe- people need to be viewing this, and and brings it definitely brings it home for me. So before we kind of close it out here, Jason, is there anything else that you didn't get to hit on, or maybe I didn't ask that? Maybe a one kind of final closing point that you'd like to let people know about in relation to farm fit planning. I, you know, Scott, I think we covered it really effectively today. I just want the listeners to understand that this isn't a uh, this isn't a magic pill, right? Um, and I tell this to all my customers that if you really want any process or change in your operation to have 
be effective, you're going to have to do it more than one year um, because you can't see the full results from just one time application. Right. I, I have that same philosophy around biologicals, as an example, um, because one year is one year and seed selling is the same way. Uh, we and farm fit planning is the same way. Uh, once you get indoctrinated into it, I hate to use that word, but once you get used to it, really, and you start to see how some of these subtle changes can affect your operation, then I think that's really when you start to see the the benefits of it. But you just of the farm fit planning. But trust me, Scott, you're not going to in a perfect world. I'd like to tell everybody that you're going to see a, some magnified um, change on your operation. Um, and and so, in some cases, there are some significant changes, but it's really over time that you see that uh, the farm fit plan really have an effect. I mean, I think the, another uh, way to say it too, or add to that is the worst case scenario is I have a better understanding of my farm. That's literally the worst case scenario for someone, you know, there's no true downside here to, to doing that and having that education. No. And quite frankly, at least where we're, where we're situated today, there's no cost to do it. Um, obviously we use it as a platform to promote our seed, uh, and to promote our biologicals. But as Todd Clausen has always said, our, our lead agronomist, you know, it's not good because we say it is, it's good because we need to prove it to you. And I think the farm fit planning process can help that be able to help people see that when you pair these things and you know that this hybrid does this and this biological can help with this. And maybe we use the farm fit plan to pull those pieces together because this is what was our objective. And I believe that's when the relationships come and the trust comes and people start to say, hey, you know what? These guys are on to something. Uh, they're looking at it from a different perspective. Of course, they want you to buy. They want me, the farmer, to, to use their products. But the farm foot planning process itself is, is no charge. And Scott, like you said, the worst thing that you're going to get out of it, um, the least amount you'll get out of it, I should say, is a better understanding of, of your operation and how maybe other people look at it. Excellent. Man, all that good stuff, and it's free? Are you kidding me, Jason? Right. Are you sure? I mean, where's the, where's the fast talker <laughs> tagline at the end? You better put that up right now. Yeah. <laughs> put the legal description. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that, Jason, thank you again for taking the time out of your day. I know Absolutely. you've got a lot going on right now, just like uh, that time of year. But thanks for being our guest on Dairy Dive today. Scott, it was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So with that, everybody, we're going to close it out here. We hope that uh, you enjoyed this. And if you have more questions, you can reach Jason at jladman, that's J-L-A-D-M-A-N, at robseco.com. Or you can email me, sharris, at robseco.com. That's R-O-B-S-E-E-C-O.com. And I'll just forward it to Jason. I'm, I'm not going to answer the question, but... We'll get you connected. But uh, also, I want to make sure and check out some of our previous podcasts. We've had some really good stuff uh, that's come out lately and, and trying to bring forward really good content every two weeks, try to drop an episode every other Wednesday. And so uh, hopefully you're, you're checking that out. Check out some of the YouTube stuff, um, some of our LinkedIn posts. There's a lot of good stuff going on right now across the geography, different meetings. Uh, we're heavy into our forage summits right now. Uh, if you want to attend one of those, it would be a great event we even have a one that's a zoom meeting we just uh, recorded one yesterday and plan to do another one around on february 5th um, that you'll be able to uh, check out and check out facebook 
And then our website, you have uh, robseco.com, and we still actually have a, a different website for seedcorn.com. That's for Master's Choice, but you can get information on both, but really get a lot a lot of the information now on robseco.com. So with that, we're going to close it out. I hope everybody has a great day, and uh, take care of yourselves.